0: Welcome to Coaching the Whole Educator, the podcast that helps instructional coaches, teacher leaders, and school leaders. I'm Becca, former educator and school coach turned transformational coach of coaches. I'm on a mission to help you improve your educators' effectiveness and resilience, especially the ones who need it most. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and coaching mindsets, so that you can be on top of your coaching game, are you ready? Let's dive in. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey, coaches, have you ever had a day you wish you could just duplicate yourself to save time? If your answer is yes, with the Sydney platform, you can complete all your coaching cycles, track goals, and connect your teachers with relevant resources all in one place. You can maximize your time and maximize your impact. As a special offer for listeners of Coaching the Whole Educator, Sydney is giving away an opportunity to use a Sydney coaching package for free for the remainder of the school year. Go to Sydney.com front slash TWE to learn more and claim your free coaching package to start saving time. That's S-I-B-M-E dot com forward slash T-W-E or click the link in the show notes. Hello, coaches and leaders. I am so excited to have a conversation with Kenny McGee about different coaching focus areas. And I think you'll be really interested in his um, philosophy about different coaching pathways that you can take. So I want to just jump right in. And I'd love Kenny to share with you what he does in education.
1: Yeah, I'm Kenny McGee. I'm worked in education for over 20 years now. Currently I work for NWEA and there I'm supporting the development of the content and the processes for an upcoming instructional coaching program there. Alongside that, I do a lot of work with uh, different districts across the country. I've worked with the social emotional learning, uh, family engagement, done lots of professional learning. I'm kind of like a generalist, In all things, I would say.
0: I love it. So I'm excited about this conversation. And so I want to jump right in. The first thing I want to talk about are just basic keystones around, like, what what do you consider effective coaching?
1: Well, I think that effective coaching always starts with beliefs, um, and I think that that work is, like, the first work that anybody in a coaching role has to do, mm-hmm. and so um, when Kathy Perrette and I wrote Compassionate Coaching, we kind of framed our philosophy around um, these aspects of human motivation so we usually talk about having beliefs in autonomy sometimes people talk about autonomy and agency interchangeably so use the word that feels most suitable to you Mm -hmm. as a as a coach but you know we we talk about autonomy a sense of belonging and a sense of competence Mm -hmm. the abcs of motivation Mm -hmm. there we go yeah um and so those are things that you know i try to take consideration in when I'm coaching people, what am I doing to bring people in to make them feel like they belong? What am I doing to make sure that they have agency and choice in the things that they're going to be doing? And, and what do I do to have a good sense of what they do well and how to build from that rather than have and how to have growth oriented conversations rather than having conversations pointing out like deficits or, or, just needs right like how do you have a balanced conversation that's oriented towards growth I, and so, I love
0: that sorry I, I just need to interrupt for a second because I just ahead, like yeah. I wanted to say like I, I I love that um your context around coaching and I think something that um we don't name a lot is often um, coaches pain points are like, how do I, they don't say it like this, but it's really, how do I get my teachers to do what I want them to do? Right. right? And it's, this is not what you're talking about, right? This is, this <laughs> not empowering. And, and, you know, if we're going to talk about the context of that, it's often their boss saying right. you need to get the teachers to implement this curriculum we just spent a million dollars on. Right. Right. Um, and they're kind of just following directions. And um, I just I, I love your compliance coaching. around It's what
1: the idea of compliance coaching exactly. which is coaching. No. It's a totally different thing. Right?
0: No, no. And I, I love that was exactly what I was going to say it's compliance. We are 100 percent on the same page.
1: And your compliance works so well when we try to do that to kids. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, of course it would work on adults, right? Yep. Um so you know I think your beliefs about coaching are important when you, the other thing I think that's really important is thinking about your structure for coaching mm-hmm. and the the key structure to me is of course the the instructional coaching cycle. Um I feel like it's the heart of coaching and needs to be the majority of an instructional coach's work. Um you know it it is one of those things that I think coaches are involved in so many different things that oftentimes the instructional coaching cycle is what loses integrity or actually becomes a lesser part of their work. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the opposite move to make because you can only really make deep growth from that sustained support that occurs in the instructional coaching cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other areas are just like the relationship the coach has with the administrator, you know, the understandings of what their roles are. You know, one of the things I like to say is the administrator kind of makes the weather in the building, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really important that you um, have a good connection to the administrator Mm -hmm. for lots of different reasons. So you can be an ally to the administrator. So you can kind of understand the perspectives they're taking. And also so you can be a voice for teachers sometimes when things aren't necessarily working well or being received well. And how can you help support a pivot of that? Alongside of the you know administrator, I think both the administrator and the coach can help people see the light, Mm -hmm. but only one of them can make them feel the heat, and that's the administrator. Mm -hmm. Like if you're the coach and you're trying to make people feel the heat, that's already ruining the integrity of the the coaching relationship. Yeah, no,
0: no, I I I love that, and also I did want to add another way the dynamic can be with coaches and principals or coaches and leadership in general. Right, is um, coaches can manage up or lead up. I've heard both those terms, right? Be proactive in empowering your leadership. We don't need to be passive here.
1: (laughs) Right. I think that's a great way to say that, to Mm -hmm. to lead up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because oftentimes, I think when you're a stressful coach, you find yourself in those positions, and maybe that wasn't really what you expected your role to be. Mm -hmm. You know, so I I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, I think that, um, I think that, Principals have a lot of things on their plate. So sometimes they like that, that there's someone there who's going to help support them in their own thinking and decision making as well. And I think about like that concept of reciprocity that Jim Knight talks about, you Mm -hmm. know, in the partnership principles is that, yeah, you should expect to learn as well. Like that's what makes mm-hmm. it a partnership, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, I would love to jump right into the coaching focus areas. I am antsy to hear all about them personally, okay. um, yeah. you know, and, and just to have that conversation. So you wrote a book called Compassionate Coaching, correct? With Kathy, per- Kathy Perrette. Right. And um, you have six coaching focus areas. And I'd love you to share with everyone what those... Focus areas are and shifts that um, a coach might make to um, support a teacher experiencing them.
1: Sure, yeah, I, I can kind of give like the in a nutshell. Version <laughs> yes, that. yes, that'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, um so first, understand that the when we were first writing the book, our first title for this book was Coaching the Barriers. Because we were really thinking about what were the barriers that sometimes got in the way of the coaching work that needed to be done that teachers experienced, right? But also coaches might experience from time to time, Mm -hmm. too. And so we started with that concept. And so as we uh, worked with teachers, we were looking at when did those things come up to kind of see what themes appeared. And so we had six. And so um, I'll talk about what the the barrier is and then I'll talk about kind of the focus, meaning how did we adjust our coaching um, in that aspect? So the first one is lack of confidence. That's often something that you might experience with a teacher who's experiencing something new, like you're a new teacher, you switch grade levels, you're teaching a new subject whatever it is, Um, but that person is lacking confidence in some way. And so the compassionate coaching focus for that is partnership, which all coaching is partnership, but this is a little different, meaning that you might really express some co-vulnerability with this person, that you may lean more into the coaching cycle doing co-planning or co-teaching with this person, that there's a sustained support, that you're going to be working with this person maybe for a much longer period of time. Um, And so you're going to kind of make some shifts in your coaching relationship to support this person because you realize that they are struggling with lack of confidence. And that's part of what they need to be able to improve to improve everything else they're working on. Uh, Another example of one of the barriers is failure, which is it's similar to lack of confidence but we talked about it being lack of confidence with evidence meaning like the students didn't do well on a on a test right or you had a lesson that flopped or the technology didn't work or whatever right and so when we talk about that when we think about empowerment so how do we empower someone when they feel disempowered so some of the things we talk about in the book is taking a design approach to coaching you know using that faith the coaching someone through the phases of empathize, define, ideate, prototype, test. And that way, it's not about getting things right or wrong. It's really about taking an approach to, of discovery. Um, and other ideas are just t- thinking about your language, like growth mindset language, using mm-hmm. yet, things like that. Um, overload is another one. Overload can be self-overload or initiative overload. It's either the person's own uh ability to do too many things Mm -hmm, (laughs) or being in a situation where you're doing too many things. So we work on prioritization. So we've got a great prioritization activity to help teachers sort through their most important goals, um, thinking about how they allocate time, et cetera. Another one is disruption. Disruption could be curricular, like a change in your curriculum, instructional delivery, which we all experienced during the pandemic, um, position, you've taken a new role, or it could be like classroom disruptions, things that are happening with students. And so in that case, we we lean into routines and we help mm-hmm. that teacher focus on habits and routines um, that could be, you know, stru- planning routines, r- uh, instructional routines, w- uh, self-care routines, mm-hmm. um, all those things come into play. Isolation is another one. And so we focus on connection. You know, the isolation could be caused by external conditions, like I'm the only robotics teacher within 100 miles. Like if you work in you know, a rural area, that's totally possible, mm-hmm. Right. Or it could be a psychological, like I'm the new teacher on this PLC team and they all seem to have a groove and I don't know what my place is. And so we work on connection, helping people build trust and healthy relationships with their colleagues and using some structures like um, virtual coaching cohorts or uh, PLCs and and having them link to others in that way. And then the last one we talk about in the book is School Culture Challenges. And we identified three school culture challenges. We talk about shifting cultures where there's a change that's happening um, that's maybe not, you know, one that feels welcome at first. (laughs) Um, We also talk about stagnant cultures, which are, you know, everything is the same as it's always been. Well, that's another cultural issue sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, the toxic culture. Um, If any of you've had that experience, that's one of the hardest experiences to work in. And so for that one, we really talk about Using openness as a way to shift culture. And that could be through um, teacher leadership teams or pu- making teaching public activities like peer coaching, learning walks, et cetera, things that kind of open up the school. And then, and then thinking about a culture of celebration as well. That is a whole lot. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to stop. And then see if there's any questions that you have or any things that came up for you as I was sharing all those ideas.
0: There's a ton that came up for me. Um, you know, I I love that you have really specific, a lot, it's not not all of it, but there's a lot of like skills and, and kind of strategy, like do you build this skill if this is the barrier, build this skill if this is a barrier. And I love the very concrete guidance um, with that, right? It's, um, and I think uh, coaches are are very aware of barriers, right? It's like, the teacher keeps shutting down, right? What do I do? And it sounds like your, your book really guides coaches on
1: what to do. Yeah, I mean, when I work with teachers, oftentimes I say, well, we're experimenting together. Like, mm-hmm. coaching can itself be a form of action research. I don't know if people ever look at it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like, high level coaching is that like coaching like we're talking about where there's agency and belonging and competence mm-hmm. you know is a type of action research because the the teacher is got a question a a a problem of practice that they're trying to you know, determine next steps Song
0: That's really great. You just added to my own tool belt too. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, uh, our, our time is ending. I can't I know, believe it. It just kind done. of flew, flew by. Um, but I, I would love uh, to hear, uh, kind of where, where people can find you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at Kenny C McKee and uh, on LinkedIn at, uh, It might be Kenneth on there, but Kenny McKee. McKee. (laughs) Compassionate Coaching is available pretty much anywhere books are sold. It is an ASCD title, so you can go to the ASCD website to find it, but you can also get it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all those places as well.
0: Okay, great. And um, it's called Compassionate Coaching. Kenny, it has been a pure pleasure. I, I love the way your brain works. I love your ideas. I love what you, the framework you have created for coaches to really be able to utilize barriers and then quick next steps. And it really holistically supports educators. It's not just a quick fix. So I really appreciate the work that you do.
1: Thank you so much. You too.
0: And if you're interested in learning more about what Kenny does and contacting him, I will put all of that information in the show notes. And also just speaking to his work... Part of what coaches need to do is be able to listen and hear what is motivating or demotivating educators. And here at The Whole Educator, that is part of our work. So if you're interested in being able to really understand what is motivating your educators, feel free to check out our offerings. We will put those links in the show notes as well. And as usual, just remember, don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Treat them how they want to be treated. Take care.